Happy Friday, everyone. Thanks for joining us here for another episode of The Optimal Take. We had an interesting game for Thursday night. I think that's about all that you can call it here. So we're going to break down that. Plus, we're going to get into week three and break down all the games for you this coming Sunday and give a little preview for Monday night, too. I'm Jessica Pash. Chris Ostro is here. Chris, we have to start by talking about last night's game. And I will be completely honest. I was not watching that game and uh, I feel like I almost jinxed myself because I have Christian McCaffrey on my season long team. And by not watching the game, I feel like he got injured. That's not why he got hurt. <laughs> if you call that game interesting, you have, you are a strange person, Jess, if you, yeah. but on the other side in like uh, February, the end of it in March, when we're missing football, May in the summer, We'll have to think back on games like that because that was brutal last night. As far as CMC goes, it's been released. He's going to be out multiple weeks. So next week for free agents, definitely make sure that you put in claims for Chubba Hubbard and Royce Freeman. But another huge injury on the Panthers front, first-round pick, J.C. Horn, is going to miss several, several weeks, which is going to impact the team a lot, especially on defense, because he covers a lot of the number one wide receivers, and he's had a great start to his season so far. It was just an awful game last night on the injury front. It's tough early season playing on Thursday. You saw a lot of injuries on both teams. But, yeah, that's all we really have for that game. DJ Moore was bowling. If you started Robbie Anderson, he disappointed. And Sam Darnold, he really played a great game fantasy-wise. He had two rushing touchdowns. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Wow. But, yeah, moving on from that game, though, not a whole lot to recap there as we go to Sunday now. Um, one of the first games popping up at 1 o'clock is the Chargers at the Chiefs, which should be a fun game. I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair here. The Chiefs' defense has not looked as good as we thought it was going to. So what do you think about this one? Yeah, it's an interesting game on both sides. I'll definitely be playing Herbert a lot in uh, DFS. I'm curious to see if Keenan Allen could finally get in the end zone. Austin Eckler is a great start. Big Mike Williams is a great start. I'm curious to see also if people go back to Tyree Kill this week and CEH. And Kelsey's had some really bad history versus the Chargers, so that'll be interesting, but you don't want to really fade Kelsey. What do you think about this matchup? I think your go-to bet is going to be to go to the Chargers here just because everyone's going to be stacking Mahomes with like Kelsey or Hill or something like that. And so that's a smart idea to go to the Chargers to get some leverage off of that. I think it should be a good game. I'm excited to see the, the Chargers play a real game with the Chiefs because last year the first game was it was all right. The second game was good, but no one was playing for the starters for the Chiefs. So I think this is going to be the first game that we really see an evolved Justin Herbert with a great offense and with a new coach playing against a fantastic Kansas City Chiefs team. Definitely, for sure. And I mean, Herbert, out of all of his opponents, he's had his best career stats against the Chiefs. And who could forget last year when he came into the game and no one even expected him to start. One thing that I wanted to point out, if you've been betting on the Chiefs, you've been losing. Out of their last 13 games, they've only covered two times. So... It's pretty heartbreaking if you're a Chiefs fan. Yeah, and it's just history repeating itself. That's what they were known for last year was, you know, cashing in on the money line but not being able to cover anything. Definitely. Yeah, moving on to the Cardinals at the Jaguars, which should be 
another easy win for the Cardinals here. Thoughts on this game? Is there anyone who we want to target from the Jaguars or is it everyone from the Cardinals? I, I think this game is going to be very interesting. I know Arizona will be a popular play on the road. They won last week barely. Missed field goal by the Vikings was a huge boost for them. If you're doing any Murray lineups, DeAndre Hopkins is very low-owned because of his price tag, so I'll definitely be jamming that in. On the bring back, I like the Marvin Jones play. I think Chase Edmonds or James Conner is also sneaky because you capture all the rushing touchdowns for the Cardinals. That's pretty much it. I, I would avoid James Robinson. I think the game is a sneaky shootout spot. Should be a high-scoring game. What's the total? 50 what? Totals at 51 and a half. Yeah, that's a pretty high total. So it, it'll definitely be uh, an intriguing game that I'll have different pieces for and different variations accompanied by Chiefs and Chargers. I was just going to say in the game last week with the Vikings, I mean, anyone who you chose to be a touchdown scorer, you got, you cashed in on. Adam Thielen had a touchdown. Justin Jefferson had a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins had a touchdown. KJ Osborne had a touchdown. I mean, everyone, there was touchdowns galore in that game. Right. So. Yeah, I was just going to say two teams not quite known for their defense. I know Lawrence will be dropping back and throwing a lot. He's in kind of a contrarian, interesting play there. And definitely mm -hmm. shout out to Rondell Moore. I can't forget him. He'll definitely be in some of my lineups as well. Yeah. Now, a note about DeAndre Hopkins. He has not been seen at practice for a second day in a row. And I did see – that's what I was trying to look up right as you we were talking. I thought I saw something about him – being a game time decision, I'm not a hundred percent, but that's what I thought I saw about yeah, Hopkins. He, we're getting now into the third week of the season. He's a veteran. He's uh, 29 years old, about to turn 30. He usually gets days off during the week to rest his body, and he could stay out of practice. He doesn't even need to practice. It's DeAndre mm -hmm. Hopkins. Let that yeah. ownership stay down. Let people think he's not going to play, and then he'll score a touchdown, and I'll be fine with it. Just that. All right, moving on, we have the Bears at the Browns, which for what it's worth, I think it'll be a little bit of a closer game. We did get that confirmation that Justin Fields is going to start for the Let's Bears, go. and that should finally give some good value to a guy like Allen Robinson, who I have in one of my season-long leagues, and I'm very excited to see how this is going to go down. Yeah, definitely, and Big news on the Browns side, OBJ will finally be making his debut for the regular season. Fingers Kirsten. crossed. Yeah, no, uh, the coach said today that he'll he'll definitely be out there. So they need him. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, uh, before we came on the air, I was reading that. As far as that goes, Jarvis Landry's out, so he'll get a lot of targets. I'm curious to see how uh, Chubb and Hunt, the carries are distributed there, how they use the tight end, and... Didn't you say something about the weather in this game? There was supposed to be like a lot of wind or something along those lines. Do you remember? I can look into that once we're yeah, I can keep on going. to the next game. As, but yeah, as far as the Bears go, Justin Fields is a great play. If it is windy and their old line is in the way that it is, the shape that it's in, I would definitely I'm definitely gonna have Justin Fields in a bunch of tournaments. I played him last week and he wasn't even supposed to start. I think his rushing ability will open up floors for David Montgomery, Allen Robinson which you pointed out is in a great matchup. The Browns have been getting torched by wide receiver ones. And I think Cole Komet is kind of sneaky too, as far as the tight end goes. The Browns have been pretty bad versus the tight end so far. That Browns defense that we were pretty high on has not lived up to expectations. Neither have the Browns in a sense, even though they're, they're winning. They're, they're not getting it done, you know, 
pretty. They beat the Texans barely with a Tyrod Taylor that got hurt. Yeah, I think that's been a common theme, though, so far this year with a lot of defenses. And it might just be, you know, early on. But I feel like a lot of defenses that we thought were going to do very well are just not living up to the hype that they had going into the season. I mean, for starters, we can go back to our season opener with the Bucks and how great we thought their defense was. And the Cowboys, as good as their offense is, they were able to expose them in a way. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's hard for defenses due to training camp rules. They can't tackle. They're not. Everything is benefits the offense with the preseason. I have one more question about that game. What is the spread now? The spread is seven. So the Browns are giving seven to the Bears. They draw from seven and a half. Yeah. You it's a pretty low total. Yeah, probably because of that weather concern that we Yeah, I was just looking at it. It does look like it is going to be windy. I would say probably gusts 25, 30 miles per hour, sustained winds around 15 to 20. Yeah, so it probably won't shoot out. But it doesn't really matter. You could even play Justin Fields by himself in regular DFS, and A-Rob has low A-dot targets anyway. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that wind is is certainly going to play a factor in the game, but I wouldn't go crazy on – yeah. You know, 25, 30 mile per hour wins. I would say that's more of an issue for things like field goals. So right. we shall see. But again, I don't think that's going to be anything major. I mean, we had multiple games last season where the winds were 50 plus miles per hour. So yeah, Cleveland those are the is games that, that you got to worry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little bit almost like of a, a home field advantage for them in that regard. Right. All, All right. right to the Washington football team at the Bills. Another one o'clock game here. I I don't know what to think of it because, again, I want to say that Washington's defense is good, but they haven't been. Right. The one sneaky thing about this game is if you look back at coaching history, Sean McDermott, the coach of the Buffalo Bills, is a pupil of Ron Rivera from his Carolina days. So it's like master versus teacher. It is a high spread, but I believe that Washington can cover. It's just really how the game script of it goes. Josh Allen has struggled so far versus the zone defenses. Are they going to go man-to-man? Washington is usually a zone defense, so will he struggle? Will Diggs finally bust out for over a 100-yard game? I know he got a touchdown last week. There's a lot of different ways to play this game. I originally, coming into the week, thought that this could be a sneaky shootout. I'm kind of going back and forth on it. I'll build uh, lineups in different ways towards that. Tough for a a player like Heineke to go to Buffalo, you know, for a road start. It's going to be a ruckus environment. What do you think about this game? Yeah, I think that I do actually like Washington with the points. It's at seven and a half right now on DraftKings. The over-under is only at 45 and a half. There's a small chance of some weather, um, I think, earlier, particularly in this game, but it doesn't look like it's going to be too windy. It's a pretty low total, and I think that part of that has to do with the fact that I guess they're not assuming many points out of Washington for this game. So Gibson is hard. a full go as well with that shoulder injury. Thank uh, te- God. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, for this game, I'm not sure how I'm going to approach it. I'm sure I'll have it in some one-offs and tournament lineups, but you know, I'm playing for different scenarios. I'll definitely have some Terry, some Logan, the usual suspects, Cole and Emmanuel Sanders. We'll just see how it goes. I think Josh Allen definitely could score a rushing touchdown too in this game. If they play zone defense and 
they're going to try to take away the big plays from him. He could be a sneaky candidate for a rushing touchdown. Yeah, or even just rushing yards in general. Right. You could say, too, it's to his advantage that they play a similar style defense because he practices against that every single day. But it's definitely uh, an interesting game that's kind of underrated on the slate compared to more high-powered games offensively. Yeah, I wouldn't go to that game necessarily for a fun game, but I'll actually have a chance to watch all these games this week. I'm very excited. I have a little bit of an earlier shift for Sunday, which finishes at 1 o'clock, so I'll get my butt home and onto the couch and get to watch Sunday football. All right. Bengals at Steelers. Very close spread here. Three. What in the world's happening there? Over under at 43. Yeah, I love the Bengals in this spot. Sharps came in on it also earlier in the week when we spoke last. Pittsburgh's really hurt right now. I don't think people realize how injured they are. Big Ben has a strained pictorial muscle. The offensive line's been a disaster. The whole defense is out, so it'll be something to monitor as injury reports are distributed on Sunday. But I really want no pieces of them. Maybe a Chase Claypool if Deontay Johnson is out. That's another big injury. As far as the Bengals go, Chase, uh, excuse me, speaking of Chase, Jamar Chase is looking for history. If he scores a touchdown this weekend, he'll set a rookie record for uh, consecutive touchdowns by a rookie in their debut. So that's something to monitor if you're making a prop bet. Um, you know, his boy Joe Burrow might try to get him that. Tough spot to run for Mixon. Higgins was on the injury report, so monitor that. And that's pretty much it. I don't know exactly if this is going to be a shootout, but there are some guys in good spots just because they're trying to protect Burrow still in a divisional game. And he's taking a lot of sacks with not that many passing opportunities. Yeah, that'll be a hard game. We shall see how things go there. All right. Colts at the Titans on at one o'clock. Should be a decent game because Carson Wentz is back at practice. So that's good news. But we'll have to see. There was a report that both of his ankles were sprained from what I remember. Is that correct? That is correct. He's dealing with two ankle sprains. And he had a broken foot or something like that. And he came back this year. Kind of an interesting uh, season thus far for Carson Wentz, who was driving me nuts last week at the goal line with Jonathan Taylor. Divisional game, uh, this game probably will shoot out somehow, some way. Derrick Henry's in a great spot, even though the Colts' rushing defense is difficult. He's had success against them in the past. I'm not sure who scores between Julio and A.J. Brown, but one of them probably will score. And this is it. This is a huge game for the Colts. If they lose this game, their season is in a lot of trouble because they'll fall to uh, 0-3. And then we talked about the playing time draft pick stipulation for Carson Wentz and the Colts. So you begin to question, are they going to continue to trot him out there with all these injuries if they fall behind in the division? Still a a high point spread, but once again, I cannot back the Colts, even though I liked them last week versus the Rams. I just think this team stinks. Titans defense is bad, but I like them at home in this spot. Yeah, I'm hoping for an A.J. Brown breakout game. Finally, he's been pretty disappointing for the first two weeks so hoping that week three will bring me some bigger brighter better things because Christian McCaffrey gave me only six points yesterday so we're struggling womp womp yeah we need AJ Brown to blow up all right now the Saints at the Patriots which we 
alluded to last week when we were talking about how difficult their schedule is going forward. And sure, you might say that the Patriots are no one to be afraid of. But all that being said, their defense is still very good. And Bill Belichick will craft a way to expose the Saints right now who are in such a vulnerable situation. Yeah, I think that Bill Belichick, if I could speak, will try to take Kamar out of the game, the best weapon of the Saints, and put it all on Jameis Winston's shoulders. I think the NFL is going to try to make the Patriots look really good in this game as next week they're taking on the Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football. It's a great game, probably one of the best of the year. And this is it, third straight uh, road game for the Saints. I think it's a tough spot. Nice spread, minus three for the Patriots. Saints are a good team, but I think, that they're, they're not going to win this game. I like James White in this spot. I think that Mac Jones will have to pass a little more since the Saints' D-line is very good. And I guess maybe either between Jacoby Myers on that front or Nelson Aguilar to get a deep bomb touchdown. Who do you like in this game? I think those are all solid guys. I was debating. I, I don't really like playing Damian Harris in my flex this week, so I might take him out. I just don't like playing that against that Saints D. So that's one of my biggest question marks right now is do I bench Damian Harris and try to put someone else in? But aside from that, I like some of the receivers on the Patriots. I would even – I feel like I would like like a Johnny Smith touchdown here or something like that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's interesting for fantasy. It's one of the lowest totals of the week at 43. I'm sure if Breeze and Brady were there, it would be a little bit hot. Yeah, it's even dropped to 42 and a half now, so. Yeah, I'm not really feeling this game. I think the Patriots defense is probably the best start. Yes, and I do have them in one of my leagues, so that should be good. All right, moving on to another not-so-fun game here. There's been a lot of good games this week, unfortunately, but the Falcons at the Giants. Do you think that the Giants can pull out the win? Ah. Daniel Jones at home has been really bad historically ATS. They definitely could win, but uh, I can't say that I like the Falcons here. I know I'm supposed to say it's plus three. I don't know. It's a weird game. I'll make different tournament lineups both ways. Uh, It's really hard. I think Cordell Patterson is in an okay spot. I think Pitts definitely has a chance to score here. Ridley's getting pretty high ownership, but the Falcons offense really hasn't clicked thus far. I think Saquon Barkley has a really great price point in uh, DFS. I wouldn't play Daniel Jones. He's getting too much ownership. Kenny G, we have to monitor if he's going to play or not. Uh, If he does not play, that could boost up Slayton. Evan Ingram will also return. Falcons not the best first tight ends, as we saw last week, allowing two touchdowns to Gronk. And Sterling Shepard is an every-week starter. You could go with each team's defense, too, if you think that <laughs> these quarterbacks are prone to mistakes. Uh, Giants or Falcons in a tournament. What do you think about this game? I actually like that defense start as, like, a captain. I think that's actually a an interesting take that I don't think a lot of people are going to go that avenue. But both quarterbacks throwing picks. We could even see something like a pick six here. For what it's worth, the Giants' defense is pretty decent. So. Right. We have to – it's hard. Uh, For what it's worth, it does have a – it's not a high, high total, but it's a decently high total at 47.5. Yeah. The way I look at this game is it could either be very, very sloppy where it doesn't reach the total at all and it's like a 15 to 12 game and you're like, what the heck just happened? 
or it could just be a shootout game where they score over, you know, 50 to 53 points. But it's just your – this is a game where you could play around, use one-offs and different approaches with it. It's It'll definitely be in my pool. It's just I haven't figured out yet how I'm going to approach it. Yes, so not the most exciting game, as I mentioned, for us with the Falcons and the Giants. But we'll add it to the list of other not-so-exciting games. Now, as we move on to the Ravens at the Lions, this should be a good, nice spot for the Ravens here. I saw some news about Lamar Jackson potentially having some kind of injury after that touchdown flip that he did in the end zone. But it seems like he should be good to go for Sunday, so no major concerns there. But, of course, the Ravens are still banged up. The Lions are in an interesting spot here because, again, for what it's worth, they did look pretty good in the first half for, was that Monday Night Football? Yes. Yeah. So I I wouldn't give up on the Lions here is, I guess, what I'm saying, playing at home. Yeah, definitely. What's the spread up to now? Eight and a half? Eight. Eight? Okay. I see it at eight on DraftKings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, as far as the Ravens go, Lamar returned to practice today. They were saying he had like a stomach bug and then his back was injured. So that was kind of weird. Getting different reports on what was wrong with him. And then as far as the rest of the team goes, I checked out their injury report today and they were missing eight guys. It's a weird spot for the Ravens because historically the Ravens, when they're over a seven point spread, those are the type of teams that Lamar beats up on. But at the same token, that was such a huge victory for them in prime time. That was like their Super Bowl. That was their one nemesis that they couldn't beat, the Chiefs. Lamar always choked in prime time in the playoffs. And I love the kid, but it's history, you know. There's nothing you could do to mm-hmm. change. And everybody in the world thought once Mahomes got the ball back that either he was going to score or they were going to kick a field goal with Bucker and win the game. Everyone. So, you know, they got over that hump. So it, it, part of me feels like this could be a letdown spot, but there's – they're just not that talented, Detroit. They had a good game plan versus the Packers, but then they ended up not covering anyway. They're kind of a sneaky offense in a sense because Baltimore's defense is not that great. I think that this is a really good game to stack considering all of Baltimore's injuries both ways. Andrews is kind of due. Lamar's awesome. You could get sneaky with um, Tyson Williams, and Hollywood Brown's been balling. On the other side, Detroit said they want to get DeAndre Swift more involved. Obviously wouldn't uh, get to golf, but there's some cheap plays on the other side, so it's a good game to stack, like Cephas. Hawkinson's been having a really good season so far. Trinity Benson. There's a lot of cheap options in a game that people might not expect to shoot out. Yeah, I like this as a sneaky shootout game, though. I could totally see that happening. And it does have a pretty high total of 15.5, but I could see that going over. Yeah, no, for sure. It's in a dome, too, so that always helps. Um, If you don't want to stack it, you could even do a sneaky stack, such as Lamar Jackson and, you know, Ravens defense, if you want to bank on the fact that Jared Goff turns the ball over a lot. And you don't even have to bring it back. You could just play the guys on the Ravens. But definitely one of the the more exciting 1 p.m. games. (laughs) And it involves Detroit. That's the funny part. Yes. Now let's go to the Jets at the Broncos in a game where everyone and their mother is choosing the Broncos as their survival pool picks for this week in a good spot. The Broncos looking good on defense, looking all right on offense, better than they have in last year. But what do we think? Now, I, I usually I know it sounds chalky, but I kind of agree with them. One note is Zach Wilson is from the area, so I'm sure he'll get a lot of support too, just as Justin Fields. 
I think that the Broncos, this could be a great spot for either Gordon or Javante Williams as 11-point favorites to score a touchdown. I'm going to say it's going to be Javante. I'm going to stick with that. It's hard to say which Broncos wide receiver or tight end scores because anyone really can. The Jets' defense is not great at all by any stretch of the imagination. And as far as the Jets go, the O-line is really banged up. Wilson is questionable, but I believe he will go. He's a tough kid. And Crowder is a game-time decision as well. One sneaky guy, if you wanted to do a just throw someone in a lineup, because there's a lot of good plays at 4 o'clock once again this week, is Braxton Barrios. If you check out his stats, he's had a really good connection uh, with Zach Wilson thus far, whereas most people would pay up to go to Corey Davis. But Barrios uh, gives you a lot of salary relief if Jamison Crowder cannot give it a go. Great notes there. Anything else on this game? I really don't have much on it just because, again, I feel like this is a show for the Broncos to steal. Yeah, just, I guess, for me, monitor which running back steals the Jets' starting running back job. Their schedule opens up a little bit after this week between Carter and Ty Johnson, and Denver Broncos' defense is obviously a must-start. Yes. All right. Now to another injury-riddled game, the Dolphins at the Raiders. I'm not 100% sure because I didn't see updates, but I'm assuming that Tua will be out for this game. And Yes, Derek Carr also had some injuries, but supposedly should be good to go for game time. Wow, what a loss for the Dolphins when things were kind of starting to click here. I mean, I know that they still don't have still didn't have Will Fuller yet, so we didn't see that offense kind of kick things into full gear here with all their wide receivers, but Jalen Waddle was looking good, and I think that was really helping Tua out. But now, of course, things are gonna take a step back. I don't know about that though. Is Tua so much better than Jacoby Brissett? <sighs> It's hard. It's hard because I don't think they've had the easiest schedule to start out the year either. Right. So I I figured that this probably would have been a great spot for us to see Tua. Now, I know that the Raiders have been able to win so far, but I think this would have been a big letdown spot for the Raiders for what it's worth if Tua was in and playing. Right. The only reason I point that out to you is I was arguing with my friend Rich. He's a big time Dolphins fan. And I said, you guys really dropped the ball. You could have drafted Herbert and, um, you know, instead of Tua. And he said, oh, Herbert hasn't had a good year, this and that. But that's a story for another time. And the reason that I point that out to you is between Tua and Jacoby Bursett, the original line opened up and it went way up. And I don't feel like the value is that much different currently between Bursett and Tua. Tua's upside is obviously bigger. But right now, as an NFL pro- professional, Bursette's one of the best backups in the NFL. And you don't have to listen to me because I've been completely wrong about the Raiders all season long. So this is my fair warning to you. But I am saying I see a lot of sharp action on different websites and different shows saying that this is one of the best picks of the week. Dolphins getting four and a half on the road. It's hard to back it because I don't necessarily know what advantages they have against the Raiders other than their passing defense is very good. So maybe they take away the deep threat shots if Jacobs can't give it a go. Plus, you have an injured car if he gets hurt in the game. I kind of like in this spot the Miami Dolphins defense. If Peterman has to start, that would be a rough spot for him. I think Gaskins could definitely score a touchdown. Parker's in play. Waddle. Like I said, I don't think the drop-off between Tua and Brissett is that significant. 
I don't think it's that significant. But again, I, I feel like I was just rooting for Tua to finally get it together this year with improved weapons and the whole nine yards. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah, he'll be out for a few weeks, but, you know, we'll see how what happens. There's also rumors that Watson might get traded there once again. So we'll have to monitor that. But that's been going on. I feel like every yeah, every time some quarterback gets injured, you hear the Deshaun Watson rumor mill get going again. So but I know that, that he has been linked there previous previously. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see and follow that. All right, to the Buccaneers at the Rams, which should be a decently high-scoring game, and I think it should be a fun-scoring game. Ramsey's going to be over. Maybe Mike Evans. I mean, he's pretty banged up, so maybe he's going to be on Godwin. There's They have so many weapons that it doesn't even matter who he's on, but should be a fun game. I'm excited to watch that one. Yeah, 100%. This is the game of the day. So far, the game of the season. Even though we say that every single week, AB I know, is out. There's been so many good games. Yeah, the four o'clock slate's a lot better. AB, I believe, is out, but monitor that. Obviously, a lot could change between now and Sunday. If he is out, Scotty Miller is an interesting play. I'm going to bring back a story. Do you remember last year on that Monday night, I believe it was, or something along those lines when the Bucs played against the Rams? And a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of people took the Bucs in that game. And Brady looked awful. Yes. Goff abused them. What I'll say about this game is the spread is very chalky, but it's hard for me to go against the Bucs. I know I'm supposed to be on the Rams side, but the Rams defense has been giving up first downs to Carson Wentz, seven of eight of his first drives. They just couldn't put in the end zone. Same thing with Andy Dalton, seven of eight first drives, got first downs. So I'm not. You know, I know what type of defense they're going to play against Brady. They're going to try to take away those deep shots, and he's just going to paper cut them to death like he used to do on those New England teams for you with James White and, you know, Wes Welker and Julian Edelman. It's going to be very similar, like you said, with Godwin. I do imagine Ramsey in the past has shadowed against Mike Evans. They match up very well because he's a big target. Gronk will be heavily involved. And on the Rams side of things, Cooper Cup has been bowling with Matt Stafford so far. Good spot for... Tyler Higby to get back and you could buy low on um, Robert Woods or Van Jefferson or even a Deshaun Jackson to get back involved. This this game will have a lot of fireworks because I'm going to tell you a crazy stat about the Buccaneers. So far this season, teams have passed 75 percent of the time against them. So that's exactly what the Rams want to do. We won't know about Henderson if he's going to go until Sunday. If he's out, look for James Funk or a guy like Sonny Michael to get involved. It was interesting that James Funk, the running back rookie that we spoke about in the preseason, he actually came in after, like before, excuse me, rather than Sonny Michael, because he was more of the pass catching back. So, you know, something to of note, there's going to be fireworks in this game. It's definitely a game to stack and bring back in all different directions at four o'clock and for your main slates. Yeah, did you see what the spread is on this game? What what did you catch it at? I see it now at Bucks minus one and a half, but it opened yeah. it opened with the Rams, I believe, either minus one or minus one and a half. So it flipped. Wow. That's why I said I know I'm supposed to be on the Rams side, but I can't. I can't go against the Bucks right now. But it's it's just a great game. I'm I'm not gonna bet on it, 
I just am going to yeah. sit back and watch. I'll play more DFS in terms of that and with the players there because I don't know what's going to happen. I will say one last point. The last two times with Jared Goff. So this is why Stafford is a good play for you this weekend. The last two times that the Rams played the Bucks, 64 pass attempts and 54 pass attempts with Jared Goff. So you could only imagine how many times he's going to throw the ball against the Buccaneers this week. He's not going to try to run the ball whatsoever. Should be a fun game. All right. Seahawks at the Vikings. A couple of injuries to monitor here. Of course, the biggest one arguably will be Dalvin Cook. He is officially a game-time decision from one of the latest reports that I just had while we were recording. I would highly doubt that he misses this game. If he misses this game at home, then the Vikings most likely will lose and go to 0-3, and they can't have that. It's never too early in the season to turn things around, but this is a really tough spot without Dalvin Cook. Osborne's been playing well, so is Jefferson. I wouldn't necessarily stack Cousins, but points will be scored in this game. Cousins has had very bad statistics versus Seattle in the past. The Vikings are a much different team at home. But on the flip side, Russell Wilson is 7-0 and in his career versus the Minnesota Vikings and has excellent stats versus them. I think it's a great time to buy low on DK Metcalf. Um, his price has dropped a lot lower than Tyler Lockett, who's been killing it. Lockett and Cooper Cup are two of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now. But they've had the same amount of targets, just the big touchdowns haven't been there. But Zimmer's a smart guy. He's not going to let Lockett beat him like the other teams have. He's going to pay attention to him. It's uh, going to be an interesting game because we saw last week what happened with Derrick Henry to Seattle. They've got to be fuming. They felt like they had that game at hand and they blew it. What do you think about this game? I think it's kind of sneaky for a shootout, too. I like that. I do agree with a sneaky shootout potential playing in the Dome. I see a lot of guys who can get touchdowns in this game again. I feel like it's a little bit similar here to that Cardinals-Vikings game where you can throw a prop on any of those wide receivers to get a touchdown, and they might all hit it. Yeah, 100%. That's what I was thinking, too. It reminds me similar last week between well, obviously the Rams are a lot better than the Falcons, but you know what I mean. Dallas and uh, the Chargers game at four o'clock. It's like sim- a similar slate, like in terms of there's a lot of different people to play. Mm-hmm. All right, prime time. We got two fun games, both Sunday night and Monday night. On Sunday night, we have the Packers at the Niners, which work with a couple of people who are Packers fans, and they're not very optimistic here. They want to. Uh, let the 49ers lay the points here and take the Niners. Well, that's very sharp of them because the general public is coming in on the Packers. Buyers beware here. The San Francisco 49ers have played very well versus the Green Bay Packers recently. I know Rodgers is coming home. I guess the NFL had like a homecoming theme this week, but uh, yeah, Rodgers is coming back to the Bay Area. They haven't been able to stop the run. Uh, The Packers' defense is very, very bad. The Lions were able to torch them in the first half, so I could only imagine what Shanahan is going to game plan around. What makes this game difficult, if you're a player like me who has 49ers running backs on his fantasy team, we're not quite sure who's going to start. It seems like Sermon right now is the leading candidate, but who really knows, you know? It's Shanahan. He could end up starting Kyle Juszczyk for all we know. Ayuk, Debo Samuel... Heck, who knows? Maybe Trey Lance will get involved in the goal line or Debo Samuel in the past has done it as well. Devontae Adams has a great matchup. The San Francisco is missing a lot of cornerbacks. 
definitely can't fade Aaron Jones after coming off a uh, four-touchdown performance. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot harder for him, though, this week to do something like that. Again, the 49ers defense is no joke, and I think that they're going to they're gonna make it difficult for the Packers here, especially when it comes to running the ball. What is the total of that game? I'm curious. Total sitting at 50. Okay. So, decently high-scoring game. Yeah, I, I like the over in that game, but I don't know if – that's a, that's a tricky number. Hopefully it goes down a little bit. <laughs> yes, I also have noticed that the spread – there's definitely money coming in on the Packers because I believe the spread was around four, four and a half. And now it's at three. Yeah. If it gets to three and a half, it's kind of interesting. But I just think the 49ers on offense are just going to be very physical with them. Kittle, I'm not sure if people remember last year. I believe either Beathard or Nick Mullins was the starter. I'm, I'm sorry about that. I, to our audience, I'm not sure who was the starter. But he had like 12 receptions against them in a similar primetime spot last year. So I can only imagine Kittle might be a great bounce back candidate. He's been kind of quiet so far this year. Yep. A lot of guys that you can target from this game too, or even single game parlay that. All right. And now our final game of week three, we have the Eagles playing at the Cowboys, which I'm really excited to watch this game. I think this is going to be a fun uh, Monday night game. I know it's an NFC East teams or rather it is NFC East teams, but I still think that this is going to be a good one. Yeah, definitely. Great uh, primetime games this week. <laughs> they they owe us after last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this game. I think that, excuse me, the Eagles get back to it. Their offense, they made a few mistakes in the red zone last week. Really love Devontae Smith in this spot. I think Hurts bounces back. It's just going to be a, a great overall game. The Cowboys-Eagles games always are. Sneaky guy in this game for me would be Ezekiel Elliott. He has really good career stats against the Eagles. If you guys want to look that up on your own, you can. And Tony Pollard is interesting as well. We have to monitor if uh, Amari Cooper is out. He's injured right now, but I imagine that he goes. If not, it will be a huge spot for C.D. Lamb who kind of struggled versus Philadelphia in his short career thus far, but that obviously was not with Dak Prescott under center. Cedric Wilson, too. Yeah, Cedric Wilson, if Cooper's out. So we'll see how it goes um, with this game. It's definitely one of my favorite games of the week. Yeah, and also we were talking a little bit about this last night. Miles Sanders' injury there, too. Didn't see any updates on it today yet, but – Maybe worth picking up a guy like Kenneth Gainwell, who has had a lot of pass catching work so far. Yeah, definitely. Make sure just to back yourself up. And um, for regular season long players, I would say if you have a guy like Cooper and you start a wide receiver in the flex now, put Cooper or a player like Sanders in your flex and then pick up a guy like Gainwell or Wilson to back yourself up that way. You know, you have an out if they get ruled out late and also to make sure that your opponent doesn't pick them up because they could be CBs and mess up your whole week. Yeah, I'll have to go and stack some Hubbard on my team to keep my Christian McCaffrey shares alive. Always got to back yourself up, Jess. Yes. All right. Anything else for week three? Uh, I think this is a much better slate. 
than last week. Last week, there were a lot of under games, and we were just sitting watching Red Zone at 1 o'clock saying, oh, my God, nobody is scoring. What the heck is going on? 4 o'clock is definitely going to be a lot better. I think there could be a lot of sneaky games, but as the it's a similar card, I guess, where I'm looking forward more to the 4 o'clock and primetime games. What about yourself? I would agree with you. The 4 o'clock games are, in my opinion, where it's at. I'm sad that there's not a lot of 1 o'clock games that I'm going to be excited about this week because, again, I'll actually have the opportunity to watch. But either way, it's another week of football, so I will be excited to watch it. And, again, just looking forward to those two primetime games. Those are going to be the real winners, I think, of this week. Let's go Chiefs-Chargers. All eyeballs will be glued to that game. Let's go, Herbert. Yes. All right. Have a good weekend, everyone. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Good luck. Peace.